Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Well, welcome to the latest edition of the Humanity Leadership Podcast. You might be aware that Humanity started our first Friday leadership conversations in February 2022, and we continued that into March, and it's going to be led, was led by Corey Fernandez. And that's what we're going to be listening to this episode. If you're interested in our first Friday, you can go to humanity.com and you can actually register for the first Friday. It happens at noon Eastern every first Friday of the month when we have a conversation and networking around a leadership topic. You'll find if you join us that really it's very loose. It's, uh, it's very much about connecting and getting your input. And, uh, and one of us will talk for about 10, 15 minutes on a subject, uh, hopefully give you some insight and some wisdom, some thoughts, and then we'll put you back in a breakout rooms to have more conversation with some smart people. You can be in a breakout room with CEOs, frontline workers, uh, credit union people, people who make nuts and bolts, uh, law enforcement, that's the full gamut across the, the bridge of people that some of them retired, some of them new in their career, but it's just a great network to have a conversation about leadership for one hour. And that's, uh, again, first Friday of every month, starts at noon Eastern. Uh, for anybody who wants to join us, sign up on humanity.com. This episode is Corey Fernandez, my colleague, who is talking about, uh, <clears throat> really, how do I get my people working together as a team? And he's going to cover areas such as you know treating people uh, with respect, trusting them, and, and checking their work when necessary, getting to know them on a personal level, setting expectations and boundaries, etc. So, uh, he's got the list. Listen to him and uh, let us know what you think. Enjoy. We are going to be spending time talking about how do we get people to work together as a team? And so team is kind of the word I want to focus on just for a moment. And when you think about team, that word is pretty omnipresent in business today and in communities today and in organizations today. We use team for everything to describe working groups. And as I think about that word, I like to challenge leaders and teams just to think about, are you participating on a working group today? Or are you participating on a true team? Because the qualities of a team, a true team, feel much, much different than a working group. Uh, there's a connectedness, there's a togetherness, there's a way we approach challenges together, right? That feels much different than perhaps a less connected, a less together working group. And so, I like to think about that team's togetherness, true teams, that togetherness to be a function of our team processes, the way we organize ourselves, the way we get our heads around our shared kind of goal and purpose and so on. There's some team processes that we invest in and also a function of our everyday leadership behaviors. What are we as leaders and teammates doing to influence each other that help us come together, truly come together? And so today, just for some context, we're not going to be focusing necessarily on the team processes. We're going to be focusing on some of those everyday leadership behaviors that we can own, that we can demonstrate to really make sure we help inspire or influence that togetherness that teams and teammates share. Now, if you are interested in those more team processes and so on and what those might look like, the Humanity team, our, our co-founders, John Barrett and David Wheatley and Christy Barrett, uh, published What Great Teams Do Great in May of 2020. It's an 80-page read. It's very quick, uh, but it has a lot to do to speak to those team processes and so on that really help teams 
be successful and more high performing and, and avoid some of those pit, pitfalls that we can get into as lower performing teams. Okay. And so I'm going to go through some, some thoughts on some behaviors here. I'm going to list them on the screen for us here. And the first one is around trusting people and checking work when necessary. Now, at the end of the day, as a leader, we're on the hook for results. And what we want to be able to do is we want to trust our people to do the work that will achieve those results. The more we get invested in the actual work, you get two hands on the work, right? We can be those micromanagers and so on, and we can actually show a lack of trust, even if we're well-intended. And so one of the ways that we can actually show a lot of trust in our people is through what we call a planned check-in. I like to think about these in a lot of ways as almost like a listening session where we use planned check-ins, these scheduled touch points for stakeholders to communicate with one another as a way for an employee to kind of raise progress or show progress toward a result. And for us as a leader to actually be able in a position to help provide coaching or feedback or praise or recognition um, or even additional guidance, right? That will help that employee be successful in moving toward that result more and more. Um, these are wonderful opportunities to kind of show trust that the work's gonna get done, but also have enough visibility into the progress to make sure that the result isn't going to be compromised, that there's enough momentum and enough progress that things are going in the right direction. If used well, these actually inspire the employee's confidence, right? And actually inspire confidence in us that things are getting done, that we are moving in the right direction. And so this is about how do we help build trust and check in when necessary to ensure that results are taking shape, that results are getting done. The next one on the list Oh, actually, if you think about this too, in terms of an example, right? If you think about an executive chef, uh, they don't spend time actually putting their hands on every single dish. Um, they do trust their people, their staff, their kitchen to get that important work done. But they do have key check-ins along the way, right? To make sure that things are coming together. And so just a little example, trying to put ourselves in that head of an executive chef and how they kind of see the world coming together with their people and giving them the space to be successful while checking in appropriately. The next one up is around the importance of learning people's names and greeting everyone every day as a priority. Now, this might seem like a, a no-brainer. This one might seem like uh, it's, it's a necessity, right? It's a no-brainer. And I would say that in the course of doing work, right, we can kind of get swept away in the task. We might lose sight of how this little thing makes a big, big difference. Oftentimes, our ability to achieve results is a function of our ability to actually help people see, be feel seen and heard and valued. And job number one, when it comes to helping people feel seen, heard and valued is making sure we're sharing and greeting people by their names and making them feel seen on a daily basis. Um, I truly believe that, you know, we have this kind of desire, this ravenous desire as human beings to be seen, to be heard. And we use people's names and we pronounce it correctly and we spell it correctly um, and so on. That's the number one thing we can do each and every day to make somebody really feel like they matter, like they're valued as a human being and not just a resource. And so while, you know, again, this might seem like a no brainer, um, if people really wanna feel like they're connected to a team, I need as a leader to work on that, to make sure that I'm not taking that for granted. Spelling does matter. I can say as a person that has a name that can be spelled multiple ways, um, I feel much more connected to somebody when Corey, C-O-R-E-Y is activated versus C-O-R-Y, even digitally. And so that is a big one that I like to bring to the table. 
The other thing I'm seeing quite a bit in the digital world today is leaders are successfully using virtual platforms, whether it be instant messaging, whether it be Zoom and Teams and so on, to at least send a note, a greeting kind of daily, just to kind of check in with their people. Hey, Mimi, how you doing? Just to kind of a quick, you know, chat out there just to say, I hope you're doing well. I want to make sure, you know, we're connected in some way. And the other thing that can often be creative and kind of bringing this to life is some leaders are using kind of recorded audio and video greeting, uh, greetings to actually kind of leave messages, leave notes with their people as a way to greet them and kind of connect with them. And it's not a huge investment of time, but it's a very personal touch that we as leaders can bring to the table that energizes our teammates, that makes them feel like we're connected. Next one up, know your people, their qualifications, jobs, where they're located. Now, in the spirit of making people feel seen, heard, and valued, when we're able to do this well, when we're able to know our people well and really understand their unique qualities and talents, this helps us kind of have really important conversations along the way in terms of how we help them manage their career and some of the choices that they're making to try to achieve some of those next levels in their career. It also helps us potentially fill in gaps as unexpected things arise and we actually can pull the wealth of resources and talents around us because we're attuned into that and we can help troubleshoot because of the wealth of talents and resources that we know we have at our fingertips. That becomes a really valuable piece. And so we can pause from time to time to ask important questions like, what's the best thing you've learned here over the past week? What aspects of your job give you energy or even feel effortlessly, feel effortless? Um, what, do you, what do you like learning about outside of work? These are all kind of inputs that help us, you know, better understand the rich kind of talents and skills and problems that our people like to solve for. And when we can remember these things, it really helps people feel seen and heard and valued and it can help us solve meaningful, meaningful problems along the way when we come together. Next up is around getting to know your people on a personal level. At the end of the day, we're working with human beings, not resources. And so we do have a responsibility to try to bring together some human to human connection. It's a two way street, right? Where we can, the leader can show something about themselves, something personal in terms of how they're trying to, you know, experience the world, the important people in their lives. And as a result, teammates can share some of that information as well. So we, we can have that personal human to human connection. Now, guidance around this is we want to be able to build connections and establish safe boundaries. We don't want to get into this place of oversharing. It's about sharing based on connection and for the purpose of connection and familiarity, but not oversaturating and kind of putting too much information out there where it can make people feel unsafe. And so that's the kind of key piece that we're trying to do is we want to make sure that at the minimum, we're aware of people's kind of significant others, our family members, and so on, maybe key milestones that we're, that we're, that we're looking forward to or trying to celebrate in our lives, um, trying to help each other learn more about the unique hobbies that we might have outside of work. Those are important things that help us feel connected. And we want to get in a place where we're not kind of oversharing, where it becomes all of a sudden uncomfortable or unsafe. And one of the things that the human energy team tries to practice is on a monthly basis, we create space for us to at least have a, a personal sharing in addition to the business work that we're doing. But the way we kind of personally share with one another is we offer up kind of where, how's our mind doing? How's our spirit? 
how's our body feeling? So kind of offering some, you know, more or less some clues around how our emotional kind of intelligence, how our emotional world, our physical world is showing up and making that available. And again, it's done in a way where it creates safety amongst us, but we're not, we're not in a space where we're oversharing. I think Brene Brown says it really well, that vulnerability without boundaries is, is not vulnerability. And I think similarly, kind of this personal connection, um, we can connect with one another without having to overshare. Next one up is around spending time side by side with our people. And I like to think about this as how do we kind of normalize job shadowing as opportunities for really two-way learning. We're trying to make sure that our people who are closest um, to our customers in some instances, who are closest to our products and our services, you know, they, they become oftentimes the experts. And so how are we using kind of the side-by-side -side interaction to really learn from one another where we're learning around the unique ways that they're solving problems that, you know, at the customer level or the product level and so on. And we're also then able to provide some guidance and they're learning from us where there might be some issues popping up where we can help them navigate some of that. And it's this side-by-side -side kind of partnering and job shadowing that can really be meaningful and help people feel like they're invested and can invest more of themselves. Um, one of the ways I'm seeing this actually be real successful today, if you think about um, a virtual environment is through Zoom and other platforms like it, virtual screen sharing becomes really easy. We can make our screens available to one another, our desktops available where we can actually see how our employees are actually doing some unique work and solving some challenges or communicating in certain ways or using software in certain ways, right? That are helping them solve problems. And that sharing can be really, really valuable for helping us again, understand the unique ways that they're um, getting work done while also being able to kind of celebrate and recognize those, those contributions and helping troubleshoot anything along the way and making and smoothing out the work. Next up is around treating people with respect and telling them what they've done well. Um, an example here I like to think about is, you know, if we're looking at our team as almost like this garden and we're trying to see this garden come to life and truly bear a lot of fruit and truly build, bear a lot of wealth and riches for the team, um, we need to be able to feed those talents, feed those gifts, feed those uh, strengths. And so we need to make sure people really hear where, what they're doing well. We need to make sure they understand the unique qualities and things that they are bringing to the world. And we need to make sure that that praise and recognition is built in. If we spend too much time weeding and pulling out the parts that potentially are getting in the way of our results or culture, but we spend all of our time doing that, we won't be feeding all the unique gifts that our team needs to know that they're, that they're really actually feeding well to the team and their, our success. And so we actually uh, often recommend a model that we call feed, need, seed, weed as a way to truly help people understand what they're doing well. This builds in a little bit of structure to make sure that we're capturing what's working. It also builds in a little structure to help people see where their performance needs to be. There likely is some kind of gap there, right? What can we seed along the way to help kind of uh, remove or eliminate any gaps along the way? And then what are the things that potentially are getting in the way of maybe, you know, a process being more successful or maybe our culture, our, 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 our culture being honored and our values being honored? Is there something that's potentially getting in the way of any of those things? Those are the things we want to make sure we do call out 
and balance that with some of the information around feeding and kneading and seeding. This works really well. Um, this idea of, of, of featuring recognition and featuring what people are doing really well, this works really well too to even take some of the pressure off the leader from doing this all the time by building this into you know, regular meeting structures, whether it be weekly or monthly and so on, where teams can have space to share recognition and gratitude for other team members' contributions as a way to build that connectedness, that togetherness within the team. Just a couple more here. Next one is around giving out work assignments where we document accountability and hold people accountable. Um, one of the ways we can think about this is, is around what I call the, or think about as the three C's. This is about ensuring people have the right capability to actually be successful or at least sufficient capability to be successful with work assignment that they're taking on, that they have clarity around the results and the impact that they're on the hook for. And then how are we gonna check in with one another? Going back to what I mentioned first off around check-ins and how important those are, how are we gonna check in with one another and when? And when I hold myself accountable for those check-ins to listen, to coach, to give feedback, to enforce positive, negative consequences along the way. That's kind of what I'm on the hook for. That's what I'm accountable for. And then I hold my teammate, my peer, my, my employee accountable for the tangible progress toward desired results. That tends to put a, a kind of partnership in place, which was mentioned in the chat box earlier. That partnership becomes really important, right? For us to feel connected together and that we're both coming into those check-ins, aiming for the results, working together to do so, and one's sharing progress and the other person, the leader is responsible for really making sure they're helping that person be successful with feedback, coaching, applying consequences where helpful or necessary, and, and really listening to how things are going with their employee. All right. And coming up on the last two here, um, next up is around soliciting ideas from others to shape decisions. And so, what I'm trying to do as a leader is really help people trust their own thinking and their decisions. Um, the more I can do that, the more confidence they gain in themselves and so on. And so how can I help them start to see the way that their, their decision-making is being successful? Their decision-making is actually leading to uh, our progress and our results. Um, and this is where I think as a leader, we're trying to be collaborative, but not over-collaborative collaborative, but not under collaborative. And so when we are trying to help people invest in some of the decision-making and so on, we can think about this in terms of a continuum. What are the decisions that I need to own? More on the left-hand side of the continuum. What are the decisions that I take more ownership on? And what are some of the decisions? What are some of the things that we're challenged with as a team that I can actually, you know, collaborate more on and get the team more invested on so that they can develop more of their thinking and confidence in their own thinking as it relates to the, the, the work that we're trying to make progress on. And then the last up is around setting expectations and boundaries um, for the job for, and providing necessary information. And I think this is where a couple of things come to mind around how can I make sure I'm clear on the result and the impacts that need to be achieved and making sure that that's not left for chance. At Humenergy, we like to call those Meet me in Detroit. These are these results and impacts sometimes can be vague and they can be interpreted in different ways. And so we want to make sure that people are landing in the same destination. They know where they're actually meeting in Detroit. Um, and so we want to make sure that the results and the impacts are very specific 
They're not left for interpretation or multiple interpretations. And are we providing the right guidance on boundaries where we're creating a workspace that doesn't feel too small where it's stifling in a micromanaging, but we're creating a boundary that, that gives them just the right amount of structure to inspire confidence and feel like they have freedom to make their own decisions and so on and learn along the way and provide their unique talents and so on. And that becomes a really important part when I'm clear on expectations and boundaries, people feel more connected and together in the work and the work together. And that really helps inspire teamwork along the way. So that was Corey. And thank you, Corey, for doing that. Uh, talking about how do I get my people working together? And, and if you weren't paying attention, uh, some of the things he talked about, uh, trust people and check their work when necessary. Learn people's first names and greet everyone every day as a priority. Know who you and your people, know your, who your people are, are and their qualifications, jobs, and where they're located. Get to know your people on a personal level. Spend time side by side with people. Treat people with respect and tell them when they've done a good job. Give out work assignments, document accountability, and hold people accountable. Solicit ideas from others to shape decisions and set expectations and boundaries for jobs and provide necessary information. That's what he talked about. Uh, we're going to keep running with these. Uh, we've got a schedule set through to July or August, I think. Uh, and then after that, we haven't decided what we're going to talk about yet. So if you've got any ideas or anything you'd like to hear from uh, one of the Humanity coaches, uh, one of the subjects that uh, that's resonating for you at the moment, then drop me a line, david at humanity.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, see you next time. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy. Thank you.